Hello everyone, I'm Kevin Miller and this is The Ziggler Show, where our goal is to inspire your true performance. In this episode, how to stand out and appeal to your target customer. For all of you with a product or service, which is really the vast majority of this audience, number one, who is your specific customer? Number two, what problem do you solve for them? And then three, how do you stand out from your competition? You know, you've heard these messages and these topics before, but I'm going to ask you to listen again because there's just very little chance you're communicating these things well, as it's just so counterintuitive to how we all think as business owners. We think of the benefit that there is for people, fulfilling a desire. I recently attended a business event with Pete Vargas's Advance Your Reach organization, and they just pounded on this issue. Who is your target market? What problem do you solve for them? over and over and over. I mean, we often have products and services we feel can benefit people and we just want to lead with that desire. It makes sense. You know, you want to look better, feel better, save time, save money, get a new home or a car and on and on and on. Yet people are so much more led by and prone to respond to problems, to problem solving. Tom Ziegler has brought this to us before in past shows where there was a study and they found that 80% of the populace related more to problem solving than goal setting. And yet I'm going to guess 95% of our marketing business worldwide is goal oriented, benefit oriented, right? So what I have for you in this show is a two minute clip from Zig Ziglar on this topic, on this issue. We're going to listen to that. Then I posted this question on Facebook for those with a product or service, who is your target customer and what specific problem do you solve for them? We had, of course, a load of responses and Tom Ziglar and I read through about uh, maybe half of the comments, as many as we could get through. They were just incredible case studies on this issue. And so often when people responded, I still had to come back and say, yeah, but what problem do you solve? Because again, we don't tend to speak that language. So I think you're going to gain a lot from this. Uh, so right after sharing some great products and services, I'm going to queue up this two minute clip from Zig Ziglar. Then Tom and I will talk through your comments. Recently, I had difficulty with one of my tires, so I went into the tire store to get it replaced. Much to my chagrin, the service attendant identified a small problem with one of the other tires, which indicated the front end was out of alignment. He explained that if I did not correct the alignment, I would soon be replacing yet another tire. Needless to say, realigning the front end of my car cost money, but the investment actually saved me additional cost in the future. The attendant, that is the salesperson, did not cause the problem. He simply identified the problem and offered a solution, which is exactly what the professional does. We don't create problems. We identify them and offer solutions through our goods and services. If you are fortunate enough to sell a product or service which people want and need, and you believe they need and want it, even if they are not yet convinced, you are on your way to sales success. A salesperson armed with integrity, a product he or she believes in, and the desire to get this product into the hands of as many people as possible is a powerful force with which to deal, and even more powerful when you add persuasion skills to the sales arsenal. How do we uncover wants and needs? I'm glad you asked. 
With the proper probing effort, you can discover exactly what the needs of the prospect are. Each of us living and breathing human beings has a bundle of needs and wants. Often these are masked by symptoms. The salesperson who sells to symptoms fails to make sales and does not understand why, or has sales fall out, come back, or returned, whichever term you might use for losing sales, commissions, and the chance to help a prospect. All right, Tom, well, as I said in the intro, you, we did a similar show two years ago, but as I keep having it pounded into me, I'm so aware of my own propensity to violate this specific issue of who's your target market and what problem do you solve? And just so you know, what I talked about in the intro is came back to your, or you brought it to my attention, at least the survey that we've talked about so many times, the study, whatever that said that people are as far as goal setting, 80% are more prone to problem solve as opposed to goal set. So no surprise then that in the marketplace, we tend to get more traction with our products and service when we speak to a problem instead of a goal to a desire. But it's, it's so, it seems counterintuitive to how we tend to come at something. I have this product. It can help you right? I've got a, a book, choose to win, and it can help you uh, create better habits. It can, we talk about the positives and don't go, okay, what problem does it solve? So, and as, as you're going to see in this, the responses, it's, it's not the way we come at it as business owners. And I know you deal with this constantly. And I'm going to guess that maybe you violated at a time or two yourself. <laughs> oh, it's natural to violate it. It's just, um, we like to talk about what we can do. The I, you know, I, 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 we, you know, that dominates what we say. Mm -hmm. So it takes some skill and some thought to focus it on the other person. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and so as I work on my own endeavors, gosh, I'm having to wrap my brain, my, my brain, my brain. How about that? Obviously I'm not able to do that well on the show as I speak, but my brain around that. So I have, we have a zillion responses, really good ones. I'm just going to start going through and, uh, and we'll just, we'll add what we can. Perfect. All right. Well, I'm going to start off with one that's really cool. And it was literally the first one. She was the first response out of however many we have at this point, Patty Gale. She says, my audience is midlife women asking what's next as a financial therapist. I help them marry meaning to their money to create a life and financial plan that makes their soul sing. And I did, as I asked a lot of people, I said, do you have a website? And it was fearlessgirlfinancial.com. And when she put that link in, it brought up her tagline, which says financial life planning for women navigating midlife. And right after that, uh, Jennifer posts, Patty Gale, uh, this might be the best written motto I've ever read. And I love it. I mean, what a great tagline and talk about being specific financial planning, financial life planning for women navigating midlife, um, man, five stars for me. I give it six stars. I'm going one up. <laughs> right. I, I love it. And yeah. you know what? We should be a referral source with her because it's our, our choose to win coaching. Our, our perfect audience is who she just said. It's, it's a, a, a woman in that phase in life where now they get to do what primarily they want to do instead of necessarily what they had to do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And yeah. So, yeah. Responsive versus reactive in essence. 
Love it. Yeah. And interestingly, she didn't really answer the what problem do you solve? And I didn't come back and, and hit her up with that because I just so uh, loved her tagline. Anyways, it was just so specific when you talk about a target demographic and narrowing niching down. Uh, I thought it was great. Okay. Kim Duncan, she says, uh, keeping accurate books is a necessity for all businesses, large and small. My target customers are business owners who know they need to keep accurate books, but would much rather be doing something else with their time. Um, I thought that last part of it, that hit the problem because I'm that guy, Tom, and I bet you are too, that thank God for uh, bookkeepers, CPAs, everybody in that realm, because I would absolutely rather be doing something else with my time than that. Yep. So the problem there is don't have the time, don't know how, mm-hmm. not good at it. Mm-hmm. And if I have wrong numbers, it's a disaster. Yep. So yeah. Right on it. And I'll give them both of those ladies, uh, kudos to, well, actually for anybody listening, if you're a business owner and you think you can't afford that, I'm of the mind that even when I couldn't afford it, uh, when I was going in the hole, I paid for that work because it made me money. Um, all right. Dennis says I would challenge everyone to actually, this is a little longer, but it's worthwhile, Tom. Uh, I would challenge everyone to answer this question. The way I view the world, we're all self-employed and we all sell a product or service and we all have our own individual stock price on our value that changes daily. If you're employed by a company, then you might have a single customer providing your income. But if you view the employer as a customer rather than a boss, it will change your life. Hopefully we're all offering something that solves problems and makes life better for our customers, regardless of how many or who they are. And he goes in to tell us what he does. He works in information management, but man, I like that. And I asked him, I said, so are you an employee right now? He says, yes, I have a single customer who pays me a salary. So yes, most would classify my role as an employee, but the term employee is obviously a peeve of mine. Don't get me wrong. I have a fantastic employer. I have no regrets or dissatisfaction with the state of my career. I do have a set of products that I sell internally. And if these internal products were to be, were to stop being effective, then my division would cease to exist very quickly. So my experience, and it's, he said, it's a gross overgeneralization, but some, maybe many employees have an expectation of continuity, a false perception of risk avoidance, an air of entitlement, and can often baseline their efforts on the minimum required. I want nothing to do with that mentality. Viewing your job as your own competitive enterprising enterprise gives you an edge that employees don't necessarily have. Success is never owned. It's rented and the rent is due every day. How's that, Tom? <laughs> that sounds like a zig quote right there isn't it I think, uh, I, I, but i tell you what the he's got the ownership mentality yeah and i love that because that is that's that is the philosophy that not only keeps you uh gainfully excitedly employed but makes you very desirable by the competition yep yeah. so I love that. Um, well, and here, Tom, you're as a business owner who employs people, I would encourage everybody who's listened to that and who, who listens uh, right there to what Dennis said, uh, to think about what problem do you solve for your customers, but just as important, what problem do you solve? Well, if you're working for Tom Ziegler, I'd say you need to know what problem do you solve for Tom? And it may be helping him, you know, sell if you're in the sales or helping him do the books, if you're doing books, but what do you help do for Tom? 
specifically. And if you look at Tom and he's struggling over here, he's wasting time over here, or he's frustrated over here or whatever, how can you help him? That's what'll make you indispensable uh, to the company as well. And man, I think we just, we miss that. You know, in our sales training at Ziegler for our internal team, we uh, really wanted them to adopt this mindset that even if we couldn't deliver the solution they wanted, that they would call us to ask us who we recommended. We wanted to be known as the solution source, right? So sometimes we would go in and do type of training and they would say, hey, can you do technical training or can you do safety training? Well, we wanted them to ask us that question because then we could introduce them to who could and we, we became the ultimately the people who solved the problem, even though we didn't do that. That's yeah. Such a, well, again, back to what, uh, to what Dennis says, it's such a dramatic paradigm shift. And it goes back to, uh, Seth Godin's book, Lynchpin on being, is it indispensable? Is that the term he used? Pretty much something, something like that, uh, in your business. Are you just fulfilling a role that you can be replaced or are you indispensable? Well, on that note, Thomas Zelensky here, he says, I cook for people and a long-term care facility. And I ask him, so what problem do you solve? And he says, I see to it that the residents stick to the nutritional plans that the dietitians and doctors prescribe by serving them their food directly in their rooms. I help deal with dysphagia, diabetes, calorie restrictions, etc." Tom, that spoke to me just like the old story. I should have pulled it up so I could do it justice. Maybe you can, but the story of the bricklayers, the three guys laying bricks. Do you remember that? Can you state it better than I can? The uh, somebody asked the first guy, what are you doing? He says, I'm you know, laying bricks. Uh, second one said, I'm, I'm building a wall. And the third said, I'm building a cathedral, something like that. Yep. So, did I get it? Yep. Did I do justice. This guy, yep. Thomas has a bigger vision. He's not just because it sounds like he prepares food or he just, or he delivers food. He could simply have said it that way, but he goes to the top into the customer, uh, at the end, the end result and says, I am helping them deal with their ailments. That's again, dramatic paradigm shift. It is. And you know, me, I have stories pop into my head of and of course, it, <laughs> thankfully. So, so it got me thinking about, you know, what's the cause of the, uh, obesity problem today in the United States. It's, it's the Western diet, right? It's the, mm-hmm. the high carb, high sugar diet. Well, where did that come from? It came from a bad social policy in the twenties. When we came back from World War II, the government planners were worried about famine. And so they said, let's incentivize farmers to produce a lot of crops. Well, they didn't take into, so they did it by get, putting uh, a minimum price they would pay for each bushel. Mm-hmm. So technology takes off. They start producing more than they can eat. So they start storing it. Then the government says, oh, no, what are we going to do? So they created the food pyramid. God help us. So the food pyramid, all the grains at the bottom, eating big breakfast with grains and all that stuff. So that got the supply down, but then technology improved again. So what happened? They had leftovers. So what did they do? Feed the grain to the, to the livestock. So we went away from grass fed to grain fed. Yeah. So then they still had leftover. And so they said, well, what else can we do with all this extra corn? I know we can make high fructose corn syrup. Uh-huh. And so here's, here's the link. Okay. The, the goal was to have a food source that the population could depend on. 
the goal should have been, how do we make our population as healthy as possible? Yeah. And so his goal of focusing on the nutritional impact of the people he serves is a much better goal than serving them food. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. now he's thinking, well, so-and-so doesn't like that. You know, what can I do? How can I fix this to where they get the nutrition? That's like, that's so awesome. Because when you get, when you, when you don't understand what your real mission is, you end up with the Western diet and an obese population. Which that's where we are today. We know more than ever. And, we are going downhill more than ever, uh, which if you're on that note, tune in to the true life show with myself and Tom Ziegler's doctor, Dr. Randy James. That's right. <laughs> we will help you get out of that, uh, that, that bad tradition. Marvin Pennick, I'm a coach helping ministry leaders with soul care. I ask him, what problem do you solve? I provide an objective outside ear to help them talk through the things that could derail their ministry influence. One client said, everyone wants to talk to me, but I have no one to talk to. Beautiful. That's, I think that hits the problem. One of them. And I'll tell you what, Marvin, we need more of you. Yes, we do. Well, you know what? And I know some folks who work in that field and they work with, he said ministry leaders, but they end up working with just leaders in general, you know, whether it's the, the C-suite exec or the minister or the mega church pastor, whatever, because yeah, they end up at the top and they have no one to talk to. Ben here, I help fathers recognize uh, that their legacy of family is the best way to leave an impact beyond their time on this earth. And I ask him again, what problem does he solve? I help fathers combat the feeling of being disconnected at home. When fathers are home, they are thinking about work. And when they are at work, they are thinking about home. Pretty astute in my book. Uh, yeah, that's it. it it's a, that's a, that speaks of a being present issue, which man, I, I have, I have been there. Well, I have been there. I vacillate being there. Should I say that? Yeah. Golly, that's hard to be present, isn't it? Yes, it is. You know, it is. It's hard to be present, and and it sounds bad, but uh, it is. I need to be present, though. I think for those you, some of our aspiring audience, which is most everybody who's listening, man, you you want to be forward thinking. You're excited about what's happening out there. That's good. But if you're not present, and I struggle with that, it's put aside whatever. Even if it's an exciting thing, obviously a worry is easy, but even an exciting thing, put put aside. Just be here. For my kid. I mean, I, I've had kids for how long now? 25 years. And yet I can still have one come in, one of my beautiful children with a beautiful thought or a beautiful idea. And I'm sitting there going, oh my gosh. And I, cause I just want to send this email that it's just, <laughs> I'm just excited about it. It's good. It's good that I'm passionate about my work, but let it go. That's right. Yeah. It's like, you almost have to say, wait a second, what matters most? Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I say, I, what do you say half time with your, your work? I am working to care for people, to serve people. Well, here's a little people right in front of you. All right. Wayne 
Myers. I'm a Ramsey preferred coach. I walk alongside and serve my clients as they work to change their financial situations. I help them create a healthy financial plan and get out of debt, save for college and retire with dignity. My target customers are young to middle-aged singles and married couples. I focus on businesses that want to provide financial coaching as a benefit as well as through referral partners really good. Now I responded. I said, you know, problems amongst money. Those are easily conceptualized, but are there some specific ones he likes to focus on? And he said, it's across the board. I see so much debt, so many people that struggle to get a plan for debt reduction to start gaining traction. That's where I focus a lot, but in it all, I am doing my best to inject, inject hope into the conversation and assure them that they are not alone and that there is someone that hears them and cares with eight out of 10 people living paycheck to paycheck. The stories are tough. Well, you know, that arena, of course we know Dave and, and his, you know, organization there that is, I mean, you know, that's, that's one of those areas of financial help. Well, who doesn't need that? He's saying eight out of 10 people. So I, I do like where he's going. I would say back to the niche, like we started about at the top with, I think it was a uh, uh, Patricia or, or Patty that even there for those, cause we have so many, co- well, you can speak to this, Tom, cause you do work with so many, uh, coaches and you know what, I'll just ask you to mention the, you know, what you're doing with coaches right now, but there is that difficulty I think with coaches where, you know, you can help such a broad segment of people. I'll tell you for a marketing, from a marketing standpoint though, even if you can, I would highly encourage you to niche and speak to some specific people. You know what? Let me scroll back up here. It was Patty Gale. And look what she said again, financial life planning. She didn't say financial. She added in life, financial life planning for women navigating mid midlife. You can even niche down further than that, but that's pretty good. Uh, so on that, you, you speak, speak to that issue with coaches, if you would, Tom. You are listening to The Ziegler Show and this topic on who is your demographic, what problem do you solve, and what have you done to set yourself apart? So next, Tom gives some great guidance for all of you who are coaching, consulting, and counseling. You're going to hear that. We'll start right back in after I share some great products and services with you. Absolutely. So what you need to really, ideally, you want to connect your passion, the specific person you want to help with your track record of success. What's your, what's your background? What is it that gives you authority in that area? Um, So the more you can get, you know, we have coaches who are just, you know, one of, one of our coaches, his mission is pastors of churches that have like less than a hundred congregants. And there's tens of thousands of them, but, but nobody recognizes or notices it. And these guys don't have any support. They don't know how to do a budget. They don't know, you know what I mean? They, they don't know how to save money on printing. They don't know the basics. And so how, how, how can you go in and they don't, and they don't have much money. It's to me, the thing, the thing about Dave Ramsey, that's so awesome is he's, he's helped so many people get out of financial distress but as clients, when they start, they don't have any money. Yeah. All right. And that's just kind of a cool thing to know that you can have so much of an impact. Uh, one tip I would give for all of our coaches is people will get excited. doesn't matter where you're a trainer and it's physical health or financial health or, you know, mental, spiritual health, whatever the, the thing that you're working on, 
people will dig in, they'll do the work and they'll get excited. And then three to six weeks into it, they lose that mojo. Right. And so what, what we've got to do as a coach is we've got to remind them and have them relive why they're doing it. And so the, the clearer your message is so that you get the right person coming to you. Like if you want to be an author coach, yeah. Right. So maybe your story is you struggled for years to write your first book and then suddenly you figured it out. Now you've written four. Okay. You can remind that struggling author, Hey, here's the next step. And, and then say, you wrote down why you want to do that. Say that to me again. And as they remember why the benefit, the reason for then instead of focusing on the next to do, they start to focus on the why. In other words, the solution to the problem, the benefit of solving the problem. And at choose to win coaching in our system, we, we come alongside all the way through, you know, providing that encouragement as we go and then work with them as they build their practice. That, that right there is one of my biggest pitches for coaching, for getting coaches, consultants, whatever, counselors, even whatever. It's just that accountability and, yeah, that help for reminding you of the why. And I think we talked about this recently on a show, Tom. Just whatever, anything you start, you are going to lose momentum. It's just you can't not. I remember uh, our business partner, Howard Partridge, in an event, this lady raised her hand and she said, well, I have a fast sign business. And there's seven other fast sign businesses within a mile of me. How do I differentiate? And he, he asked a real simple question. When people, when people talk about fast signs, and not, not the brand fast sign, but just that segment, he says, what's their biggest complaint? And she said, that, that, that's easy. The complaint from the customers is nobody answers their phone. And so he said, well, make your tagline, you know, we answer on the first ring. Huh. And so the problem, the, the way she solved their problem, she gives them an immediate answer. Well, we do the same thing in our coaching system. A huge percentage of coaches have everything to be successful, except for they feel really uncomfortable and unqualified in the, in the what we call the enrollment process. If somebody says, Kevin, can you coach me? It's like all of a sudden they, they don't know what to say. Huh. <laughs> they don't know how to sign you up, how to, what to charge, you know, how to w- set expectations. And so what we do is we actually, not only do we teach them how to do it, but we do it for them, right? We actually do the first two or three clients they have to get them enrolled, to teach them how it's done by showing them how it's done. Yeah. And then they get all the money. And so that's the problem we solve when we, we solve a bunch of problems, but that was the differentiator for, and why ours is taken off because people, they need that, you know, they need that. So not only do we help you become a great coach, we help you get your first client. Yeah. That's massive. We have so many people out there who have great guidance to offer people, but it doesn't matter if you can't get somebody sitting across the desk from you or beside you. I, yeah. I do want to come back just on what you said though. That was great that we answer on the first ring. I'll never forget a, a business client that I had. They did uh, window cleaning and painting and deck repair, kind of a, a hodgepodge of things there, but in their industry service, zillions of people did that. And one of the biggest complaints 
was not showing up on time. So their tagline, instead of being some brilliant tagline of what they, what they do, they hit on that thing. And they said, we will arrive within five minutes of our estimated time, or you get, it was either five or 10% off your estimated bill. Dude, that's, that was strong. And they were booked out. Uh, by the time we got finished, they were booked out three months ahead. I wow. love that. How can That's you, good stuff. how can you stand out? Yeah. Hey, you'll like this one, Tom, Jeff Bayless. He says, uh, I don't, I don't have a product, but I have a service after 20 years of military service. I found myself climbing the ladder that was placed against the wrong metaphorical building after an extremely troubled time in my life where I faced hardship and adversity. I decided I needed to be of service in a way that was a little outside the box. I travel around the world for the Navy now giving a talk on resilience and the title is evolution through resilience. Once I discarded the mask of masculinity and became vulnerable publicly with my, about my poor decisions, it has really helped thousands in a profound way. I discuss debt, divorce, DUI, suicide, getting help, etc. I launched a podcast called the evolution where I bring inspiration, uh, inspirational people on to share their message and story of resilience. If it is one thing I've learned through all my trauma, through childhood, military, and life in general, it's that we all have adversity in life. The beauty is we get to choose how we respond to that challenge. It is in fact, the only thing in our control. God has a plan for us. That is my call. This is my call. And it started as a gentle tug. And now it is a pull that I can't ignore. I hope this helps someone. And he then came on to say, the problem is that we ignore the warning signs and don't seek the help we need. Um, and he goes on a little bit, but I, I like his focus there on the military. He was in there. He knew the need. He knew the problem and now pursued a, it was, it sounds like a passion or a burden, which sometimes I like to focus on that. We talk so much about follow your passion. Sometimes I feel things as a burden, man. I can't not help try to help in this way. And it feels like Jeff did that. And he's obviously hit a nerve. Uh, Tom, I know you've done a lot with the, with the military, with uh, serving those guys. So I need to appreciate that one. Oh yeah, that's awesome. And so Jeff, if you're listening, uh, maybe come back in and respond again on this, on this, on this, uh, Kevin's Facebook page, but here's a question I have for you. The military is fantastic at taking basically kids, uh, who don't know much about life and getting them in and training them up and giving them a mindset to go out and do their job. And in, in the times of war, that mindset's pretty clear. Hey, we've got a job to do. We're going to execute on the job. We're going to train for the job. And it comes down to they're under pressure. They're, they're under intense situations. <laughs> it's not even metaphorically. It's literally, will they pull the trigger? And that's what the training's about, right? To keep them alive, to keep the, their unit safe. Yeah. So my question is, doesn't it make sense to have just an in-depth, just the same amount of in-depth training just before they come back into civilian life. Hmm. Because now they've got yeah. this, this transition, uh, all the things that they were doing, but and some of them apply beautifully to the, the corporate world. But some of them are, hey, that was for a season, that was for a time. I can, I can use that as a platform to build from, but now I've got a new way of thinking. Yeah. Right. And I've, and I've, and I've got to reconcile uh, where I am. And, and just by the idea of, uh, man, we're here to help. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, so yeah. And I hope that he follows you 
follows up with you on that. Come back and, uh, and comment to that. Casey, this is short and sweet. Casey Phelan, I'm a travel advisor. I help people get back time by taking care of their pre-travel planning. It was short and sweet, and I, but I appreciated that she hit the problem because she said, I'm a travel advisor. I help you reach the destination of your desires. That's how we tend to go at it. But yeah, in truth, the only reason, well, not the only reason, a primary reason that I'm ever going to, if I'm going to use a travel advisor instead of going and doing it myself is just that, man, it's spending the time. And I have... I have wasted so much time because it's just so easy to jump online now and think you can do it. And man, 45 minutes later, like what on earth am I doing? Uh, so I, yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. I see you laughing, Tom. I know you do too. Oh, I'm so cheap. I know. And I, and I think I'm saving money. Uh, it's cheap and impa- I, I'm impatient. I, 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 a lot of times just think I can just do it real quick instead of even trying to wait on somebody. I just want it done now. And I waste my time. All right. Well, thank you, Casey. We should call you. Uh, Jessica, she says, uh, middle-aged women who are lost without purpose and need guidance in their mental and physical well-being. That's who she serves. Uh, also, those who have been through loss of child who need a hand to help them see there is more to life despite their heartache and suffering. Okay, Jessica, I've gotten to know through Facebook, uh, and she has a business. I'll just call it a, a, a fitness type, a fitness center type place, and she leads with her personality, which I am an advocate of. And so here, she's not just helping people get fit, helping women. She, okay, there you go right there. She could just, I help people get fit and well, and feel better, right? Now she goes to women specifically. And then she goes to women who are lost without purpose and need guidance in their mental and physical well-being. And then she adds on this uh, piece about those who have lost a child because she has. And Tom, again, I know you deal with this uh, so much where people have this personal story and yet we tend to want to be broad in our generalizations. And I think we often think, wait a minute, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to help people get fit. What is it? What does it have to do that? I lost a child and had this trauma Man, the people that connect with her either because they've lost a child or they just connect with somebody who's obviously uh, working at a deeper level, has a deeper care. And she started a business that is just thriving. I keep seeing her post stuff on Facebook that they're having an event. She has all kinds of events at the place and they're constantly sold out. Uh, now obviously she's a big personality and stuff, but she is doing, I, I love that work kind of going back to what we talked about with coaching and being given a specific offering, Tom. I can vouch for her. She came through our, Oh, that's Legacy. right. She just went through ZLC. That's right. Just, I forgot. Last week. She's a dynamo. Yep. Uh, her heart is huge. Uh, and it has more capacity because of the tragedy she's had in her own life. Yeah. And, uh, I, I, gosh, you know, we, we talk about stewardship, right. Of our time, uh, our treasure, right. And our, our talents, um, on church on, on Sunday, the pastor said, what about, uh, stewardship of our pain? Wow. Never had thought of that. And when it comes down to what, what Jessica's doing, it's, it's unbelievable because she's been on the road of suffering and there's people who walk that road every day and they think they're alone. Yeah. And when you've been on that road, you come to understand it's unique, right? You're the only one who grieves the way you grieve because you're the only one who had the relationship you had. 
And when people come in, they're, they're coming in for the obvious physical health reason, but the, the underlying reason they're there is what's causing their physical challenge. Yeah. And that's where Jessica really changes lives. Yeah. Well, back to what you said a minute ago, why, why you want, so you want to, you know, more energy to get fit. Why? Well, because whatever, and you, so many times you can, I mean, I'm sure you've been through those sessions, Tom, where you ask why five times to finally yeah. get down to just what you said. Uh, yeah, gosh. Okay. Hey, when is the, do you, well, of course we're, you know, this will be heard years from now when it's not relevant, uh, for the date, but what is the next ZLC? What's, do you know the date offhand? It is June three through the six. Okay. So folks, if you're hearing that, obviously go to Ziggler.com. You can go look at the upcoming events and it'll show you when the next Ziggler legacy certification. I've talked about it a ton of times. Um, I went back when it was a week long. Now it's what? Three days, three and a half days. We start on a Wednesday night at five 30 and then we go seven to seven or yes, seven 30 to seven. Thursday, Friday, Saturday. It yeah. is intense. And if you want to get a testimonial on it, go check out Jessica's page, Jessica Smith Moyer. Of course, we're recording this today is uh, March 5th, 2020, as of this recording right now. And in the past couple of days, she posted a test, a glowing testimonial that I, I can't, I couldn't do more justice. Go check it out. You can find her. David, this is great. David Rebin. I help dentists recovered their hard earned money without having to go to collections while retaining the patient relationships. Uh, that right there, listen, let me read it again. I help dentists. Okay. He didn't say, uh, he could say any business. If he's helping them retrieve money that's owed to them, it could be any business. It could be any physician, but dentists specifically, I help dentists recover their hard earned money without having to go to collections. So this is people who obviously have not paid their arrears on what they owe while retaining the patient relationships, exactly what any business person is going to worry about. It's one thing to collect, to, to, to get the, you, you know, want to get your money that's owed to you, but man, you don't want to burn the bridge and just, uh, which is what mostly happens. I thought that was brilliant, Tom. Yeah, that is, that's a powerful, um, man, you know, it's, it's like, uh, when we have a challenge and we need help, and then somebody comes in with the help and it's too good to be true. This is, these are services that have already been rendered. Right. And, and you need to get paid, but you don't, you know, I'm a dentist. I'm not a collection agency. Yeah. yeah. And how do you do it in a way that's honoring, uh, you know, Dave Ramsey talks a lot of, about, you know, collections and how, you know, how it can be kind of upsetting and rude and everything else. Mm-hmm. And what this guy what Dave does is unbelievable how he handles it. It's, it's fabulous. Yeah. Yeah. Well, kudos there. And, and uh, well, here, here's, a, here's another good one, Jennifer Meisel. And, uh, and I know Jennifer, she said my business Vacasa, I'm going to, I hope that's how I'm pronouncing it right. V A C A S A is America's largest short-term rental company. We target anyone who owns a vacation slash investment home and thought they would save money by renting it out themselves only to find that it is more than they can handle in today's online rental market. We are a one-stop shop that handles everything and you just sit back and collect a check each month. I know so many people these days who have, you know, different rental, whether it's rental homes or they're doing Airbnb or whatnot. And I am seeing them. uh, It seems like, it seems like all of them at this point are for the most part are going away 
from management of it themselves. It's such a time waster. There's so many problems and companies like this uh, take care of it for them. Oh, well, and I'm a, I'm just a user, Tom. I'm a user of rental properties and Airbnbs and away from all those different, uh, all those different, uh, companies. And yeah, I'm not used to talking to the owners that much anymore. It seems like they're going through management companies. So, um, she, I think she hit the pain, the problem pretty well. Absolutely. Clinton here. He says, I don't target specific customers or clients, but I enjoy serving God's children and helping them take their old houses and making them new again. And I asked, does he do renovations, improvements? He says, yes, mostly paint, trim and drywall work. Um, so in that, again, I coming back to this and I know we're talking about what problem you solve and what is your target market? That is the way to niche and be more specific. He says, I enjoy serving God's children. Okay. I assume that that's a Christian. Let me just make the assumption whether it's true or not, but if that's a Christian realm, man, I, it's fine to speak to that. I think it's, again, if somebody's looking, as we talked about before with service industries and Tom, you mentioned the one with the uh, signs, doing signs and the big problems people don't pick up. Well, then say you pick up on the first ring. And I mentioned the service provider and the problem was people don't show up on time and they put that guarantee of we'll be there in five minutes or less uh, or, or within five minutes of the appointment time where you get a discount on your estimated price. That if this is that's who you enjoy serving, then say something to that effect. Doesn't mean you have to put a cross on your logo or a fish or, or whatever, but say something. Well, back to what you said about Jessica Moyer, say something to the deeper thing for people, people whose homes, people whose, if your house is more than that, it's a home for your children, your faith, your family, whatever. Uh, I would encourage them to speak to it. You know, making an old house new again, um, where do our memories happen? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. in the home and and what's you know what's kind of depressing is a cluttered kind of worn out feel in a house yeah. man he just brings life and joy he changes the atmosphere where they are uh one of the other pictures i had in my mind you know with the travel agent is uh we have when we do one of our workshops we we have a picture of, of a bride okay and there's two pictures of the bride there's one picture and she's got a look of fear and concern just on her face. Like, and then the other one is she's happy and smiling and having the cake. <laughs> who, who do you sell to? Yeah. Yeah. You sell to the one who's fear and concern because all the things and the overwhelm that can happen with, with doing it wrong. Yeah. Right. So the problem we solve is, is we take away that. Right. And the result is the smile. Yeah. Yeah. Goodness. You know what? We're not even halfway through Tom, but I'm going to end us on one. And you know, she doesn't necessarily speak to the problem, but just as we're on this tangent of differentiating what makes you unique, what to, how to stand out. Uh, this is one I like for another reason too. It's helping filter the kind of clients you want. So Tammy Noon, she says, my target market is dog owners. I help create a harmonious household through training dogs and their owners. All right. Right. Away, I know right away, Aaron, Aaron Hall, she says, uh, and I know Aaron, she says, I love the tagline, especially the training dogs and their owners. 
Okay. Why I like that is I'm going to, again, I'm going to make an assumption here, but when I see something like that, I'm going to say, Tammy probably doesn't like people who come along and say, Hey, my dog's a wreck. Just go fix the dog. And she knows if the dog's going to get fixed, you're going to have to participate. And if you're not willing to participate, I can't really help you. I would say the same thing with kids. You know, you can't just make a kid behave without the parent's involvement. And so she's filtering out who she doesn't want. If somebody's not willing to be trained as a dog owner, and also differentiating herself. Uh, I thought, again, man, just really brilliant on standing out, setting yourself apart. Perfect. I love it. Yep. Well, again, thanks for everybody who posted. And yeah, th- this isn't halfway through. I think this one, uh, this question was posted. I actually, I think I just posted it yesterday and we've had that many comments wow. come through. So if you want to go read more of them or respond to any of them, it was Wednesday, March 4th. 4th, 2020 on my personal Facebook page, which is Kevin. Uh, uh, no, it's not. It's agent K Miller. So if you want to go check it out, Tom, man, always a blast to do these with you, brother. Awesome. Appreciate you and the work you do and love the Ziegler podcast nation. Yes. Uh, take this information, apply it in your life and change the world. Amen. All right, friends, if you have a product or service, I hope this has you looking again at your presentation, your website, your social media, your marketing, your advertising, and are you leading with these key issues? Uh, Talking directly to your target person, your target client, your target customer, uh, and showcasing what is that problem they have that you are solving. And of course, how do you stand out from your competition? And if you know someone else with a product or service, you're going to do them a favor, I believe, by sharing this episode, or at least the concept with them. You be the hero for their business. Well, coming up in episode 767, stop hurrying and start producing. We are all busy and we're all in a hurry. That is just the norm. And I ask who loves it, who feels they are producing their best work while in such a harried state and yet who feels trapped by it. So now, of course, you expect me to give you the miracle seven steps formula that sounds nice and shiny, but we all know nothing's going to change. We're not going to change, right? But alas, there is no formula. It comes down to awareness of what is really driving us and what we believe. And so here's the deal. I'm part of a prayer group of about a dozen guys across the country, all business owners, uh, all influencers is what people would call them, people with big audiences. And one of them said, we all had to get this book that he was reading. The title was The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. So I got the book, I read it. And I contacted the publisher and said, I had to have that guy, this author on the Ziegler show with me. That is what I'm going to bring you in this episode. John Mark Comer. John's story is this. He was pastoring a successful mega church in Portland, Oregon with six services each Sunday, uh, which he said was a marathon. And he was living a marathon lifestyle, which left him just feeling burnout and detached from those around him. So in a moment of desperation, he asked the mentor, just some advice, just down to the bone. Uh, what should he do? What can he do to change things? The response he received was this. You must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. There is nothing else. Well, from that, and that's just the tip of the story from that was born John's new book, the ruthless elimination of hurry, staying emotionally healthy and spiritually alive in our current chaos. And in this show that's coming up, we unpack the concept. And what I found was this, 
it's an amazing case for me to change my paradigm and limit the hurry of my life. And why? Well, of course, personal peace for sure. But what was more interesting is I want better production. I don't want to do a ton of good work amongst the hurry. I want to do a smaller amount of truly great work. Uh, just today, I got word from someone else that I know that they had read this book and it had significantly disrupted their life with this new perspective. But in the show, we go deeper too. And I tell you that we talked about emulating the lifestyle of Jesus except I'm concerned that you discount it as I used to in regards to, come on, Jesus wasn't married. He didn't have kids or a mortgage or a nine to five job, but then he did have a scant three years to save the known world before he was assassinated and he knew it was coming up. So I, it might be worth considering and we're going to talk and break that down as well. It's a big show folks. Uh, you can, uh, you're, you're going to just, just listen. All right. Show seven sixty six. That's what's coming up next until then. Thank you, as always, for letting me walk with you as we inspire our true performance together. <laughs>